Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. ago, my wife and I had a boat. Well, we had several boats, but there was one in particular that if you didn't get the seating just right, the boat would kind of <laughs> lean a little bit. It was out of balance, or out of balance. Balanced. Well, right now, I feel like the, the boat this morning, right now, leaning this way. <laughs> but that's okay. We'll kind of lean into it. Amen? Amen? It'll be good. Amen. Uh, years ago, had this woman uh, come up to me after a service and she says uh, where, where do you get your sermon material from do you have like a book that tells you on such and such a date that you need to teach on this and or you need to teach on that I suppose there's a lot of people that do it that way but I told her no I I spend time with the Lord and reading the word of God talking to him just seeking him and whatever he reveals to me that's that's what we preach on and so uh, this morning's no different except that there was a, a strong urgency that there was more than one that needed this message this morning now I don't know to the extent of what that need is, but it's something the Lord wants to get resolved in your life to bring more liberty to your well-being. Amen? Amen. And so uh, that could be the people here this morning that have come to church, even though they set their clocks ahead, or it could be those uh, watching because they forgot to set their clocks ahead. And uh, this is a message I I think that that we need to be open to embrace. Amen? Amen. And so let's uh, let's get into it with his help. I I believe that he's guiding me. He's leading me. I believe that he's anointed me. And so let's just trust him. Father, we thank you for this glorious day, this day that you've made. And because you've made it, because this day has been created by you, Everything that we need is already here for us, waiting in this day. But now we choose to be a good steward and receive what you have. We're not going to wait for you to do it for us any more than we wait for someone to put a spoon in our mouth with food. No, we've learned how to feed ourselves. And so we know we have responsibility this morning to hear what you're saying and then apply it. Because you told us it's the doer of the word in whom is blessed. Amen. So we thank you that you are blessing us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So you got your Bibles? You got the B-I-B-L-E? That's the book for me. Going over to uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
we've been having issues with the projection, so if it seems off to you, that's because it is, maybe. It just might be off a little bit this morning. Go ahead and turn there, and, and as I was speaking, the Lord brought attention to me about another verse, and so while you're looking for the one I gave you, I'm looking for the one he just gave me. Yeah, that's it. Thanks, Lord. Okay. You got it? Second Corinthians chapter 5, we're looking at verse 1. Now, I really enjoy how the Bible speaks and its attitude. Look here in the King James. That's the version I'm reading from this morning. It says, for we know. Did you see that? Notice it didn't say, for we think. It doesn't say that we hope. It doesn't say, well, you never know. This just might be. No, it's very emphatic. How many know the Lord is black and white? He's very emphatic. He doesn't throw darts. He doesn't guess. He knows what reality is. And so that's why he says it in this tone, we know. And if he knows, we agree with him, then we know. We know what, Lord? Now, I want you to pay attention to this, these two words. For we know that if our earthly house, I want you to pay attention to earthly house. So in this verse, he's talking about our earthly house. What about our earthly house? Well, it's of this tabernacle. And if it were dissolved, if it was removed, if, if it ceased to exist, we have a building of God. So notice earthly house and notice a building of God. And this building of God is not a house not made with hands, but is eternal. Where? In the heavens. In the heavens. So notice it says that we have an earthly house and that we also have a building or a house built by God. Amen? Amen. Well, as you already know, our earthly house is our body. The earthly house is the house that you and I live in. For example, I could ask you, what is the address of where you live? And you would give me an address. Well, that's the location of a physical house in which you live in. That house isn't you, even though you live in it. It's just housing you while you live wherever you live. Does that make sense? I mean, you don't go visit somebody and go to their house and, and stand outside the car in front of their house or apartment or whatever they're living in and you start talking to the house. Do you? If you do do that, see me after the service. We'll, we'll see if we can get you some help. 
No, you don't identify with where a person lives as that person. Come on. Amen. No, you knock on the door to talk to the person who lives in the house. And so the, the very first point that the Lord wants each one of us to get this morning, that our body is not us. My body is not me. Any more than that physical house you live in and call your address and get your mail to, that's not you. It's just a dwelling place to house you. Amen? So I want you to say this and think about what you're saying. I want you to say that my body... Is not, me. is not me. My body, my body is, not me. is not me. It's simply my earthly house. Right now, you're looking at me, you, the one living in your body, you, are looking at me through two little windows of your house we call eyes. And I'm looking at what the world says is you, and I don't see you. I'm just looking at the pretty little house you live in. You and I need to embrace that. You and I need to begin to draw distinction between who we are from where we live. We need to make a distinction that when I look in a mirror, I'm not looking at me, thank goodness. I'm looking at my house. And just, just like this house that we live in at 2963 Jill, I can tell you every year, you know, a little bit more paint's cracking. The roof's getting a little bit older. But that's not me. The Bible says that though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. You see, when we read the Bible, it's very important for us to embrace that it's not speaking primarily to your body. is speaking to who you are in your body. Are you starting to get this? Now, I know that we've heard this over and over again, but yet we're still allowing our body to dictate to us that that's who we are. 
And that's why I love it. a lot of us don't love ourselves. Because we see all the imperfections on the outside. And we think that's a reflection upon us. And it's not. Amen. Once you're going over to the scripture the Lord prompted me, you're there in 2 Corinthians, right? Chapter 5. Go up to the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. So this isn't in the notes, Vince, but I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we'll read this verse that I just quoted in verse 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man, everybody say outward man, even though it perish, or could we say is getting older? Dare we say that? It's breaking down. Even though that is taking place, yet in the midst of that, the inward man is what? Renewed. Every once in a while. No, it says day by day. Have you ever thought about the spiritual fact that you and I are not getting older? See, the bell just went off in her brain right there. Ding, 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 ding. You know, this is something that you and I need to remind ourselves of every day. Notice how the Bible locates an outer man and an inner man. Now, when you and I embrace this truth that we're the man on the inside, that'll begin causing us, causing the word of God to begin opening up to us. Because I, I struggled for several years when I read the Bible, where I would sit under teaching from the word of God. And the Bible would begin to declare and decree what I've received, what I have, who I was. And what the Bible said I was and what I had contradicted what I saw with my physical eyes. For example, it tells us over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that God made Jesus to become sin for us so that you and I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, when I read that verse of Scripture... And I saw that God said that I was righteous because of Jesus. I would look at my behavior and go, that can't be true. Understand that our behavior, for the most part, is an expression of our outer man. Have you ever found a time where you got angry? I, you know, I'm dealing with that. Especially with a five-year-old grandson. But you know that when anger comes up, you realize that that's not you? 
righteous. That's, anger is an expression of your outer man. And that's not who you are. Now, let's take it a step further. So, we have an inner man. That's who you and I are. Dare I say that we are an eternal spirit being. And through a spiritual birth, through receiving Jesus into our life, we were born again. Now, Jesus tells us there in John chapter 3 that it's not a physical rebirth, it's a spiritual rebirth. That means that our body was left unchanged. Our outer man was left unchanged when we received Jesus as our Savior. And that's why we go into this new life in Christ with some baggage with the old person we were. And we have to begin to grow spiritually and begin reeling in those behaviors that are negative and they're of the flesh or of the outer man. Amen? Now look here. You still with me in 2 Corinthians 4? So here is talking about in verse 16 that we have an outer man and it's going to die. Did you get that memo? If the Lord tarries, there's going to be a time where there, we will experience physical death, which is just simply the removal of our spirit from the house we live in. It's going to be the removal of our spirit from our body. So there's an inner man and there's an outer man. Now, be, once you get that revelation, you can begin to practice verse 18. Two verses down from verse 16. You with me? So right now, I'm seeing myself from Scripture that I'm a... I'm the inner man living in this physical house. I am a spirit. I am a new creature in Christ as a believer. And so now I'm not going to look at things which are seen. Well, what are things that are seen? Well, they're physical things. They're things of this earth. They're things that are passing away. So it's not saying don't look at it. I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to look at that. No, you're just not going to give it a priority in your life. You're not going to let it supersede what you see from the inner man or what you believe with the inner man. Now look at this. So while we look not at things which are seen, so if I don't consider things that are seen, things in the spiritual realm, what am I to look at? What am I to consider? But I look at the things which are not seen. Well, we just define seen things as physical things, things of this world. What are unseen things? Well, there are things that can't be perceived with our senses. Therefore, they're spiritual. They're of the spiritual realm, the spiritual world, the, the kingdom that you and I have been born in, which is a spiritual kingdom. All right? So what happens when we don't look at what is seen, but we look at that which is spiritual or eternal? It says that the things which are seen are temporal or temporary, meaning that they're subject to change. But those things which are eternal and not seen will live forever. And so this is why he's telling us to 
make this priority to look at those things from the perspective of God's kingdom through the lens of the word of God so that we can see that which is unseen. Amen? Now, this morning we, we sang, we're standing on holy ground. And one of the, the verses in that, or one of the lines of that song, is that there are angels all around. Amen. Yes. Well, if you haven't spent much time in the Bible, angels could kind of seem a little bit of a reach for you or, or not a reality to you. But the Bible says that there are a host or armies or assembled groups of angels that are serving him and his kingdom all day long. Amen. And the Bible says that he's given us angels to minister for us. Not to us, but for us. Meaning that they're hearkening to the voice of God's word. And when we put God's word in our heart and we speak it forth with our mouth, believing that what we're saying is coming to pass, our angels begin to form that which we're believing God for. And so angels and these creatures that God has sent us to help us are all around us, even though we can't see them. And when Mary and I travel, we, we loose our angels to go with us and to prepare a way for us. Amen. Now, we can't see them, but we know they're there because we're looking at that, not which is seen, but that which we know is unseen. Does that make sense? You're looking at me strange this morning. You, you, you're picking this up? Let's go back to that original verse. We're just about there. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I want you to go back to verse 1. And I'd like to read this from the Amplified Version. So this is going to be a little bit different than the projection. But listen to this verse that we've already read. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For we know, what do we know, Paul? That if the earthly tent, in this translation it calls your body a tent, if the earthly tent, our physical body, which is our house, is torn down through death. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, here is what the Lord spoke to me yesterday. 
and these aren't his exact words, but it's kind of the essence of what he said. And you understand, I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice. An audible voice would be him speaking to me physically. And God is a spirit. He speaks to us, and we are spirits. So his spirit is speaking to my spirit. So that means, for the most part, at least I have yet to hear an audible voice when God is speaking to me. And that's the way it should be. So when I say that he said to me, I'm not talking about me hearing a voice. It's an inner perception. It's an inner knowing. It's a witness of his spirit communing with my spirit. And as you become conscious of his presence, you'll begin to recognize him giving you insight, giving you uh, knowledge, giving you a, 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 what you can see with your heart from him. And that's him directing you, leading you. Now, he said to me that there are those who are afraid of death. And he was talking specifically about believers, and I thought that he was inferring that there were those here in our midst, like all y'all this morning, that you have a fear of death. And that might manifest itself in that you don't want to go to funerals. You don't want to talk about those who have, who have left the earth through death. And that it may not just be a fear of yourself dying, but it might be a fear of those around you dying. And that's an area that the devil likes to, to play around in our mind, to hold us in a place of fear. It, it, it really begins to shackle us. But I want you to go back to this verse we just read. This is a very important subject matter for you and I. To know exactly what is death and the kind of death that the, that the world talks about. Exactly what does the Bible have to say about it? And what does take place? when a person leaves this earth through what the world calls death. Now notice here in this verse, it says that when our physical body is torn down through death, we have something, a building from God. I want you to realize because we are the one on the inside. That physical death is just simply when our spirit leaves our body. And it does what? It returns to the earth from which it came. You see, you're no longer a citizen of the earth. By virtue of a spiritual birth, you're now a citizen of of the unseen realm that you can't see, you're a citizen of heaven. You are a child of God. You are a new creature in Christ. And you are in a spirit, 
eternal spirit being of which you have no end to your existence. And we'll, we'll see that in just a moment. Real quick, going over to Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Father, help us to embrace these truths this morning. Help us to claim them as ours in the way that we will believe moving forward from today. Philippians 1.21. It says, for me to live in my body, me being a spirit, to live in my physical body, benefits Christ. Because now you're a member of his body on the earth to serve him. And to die is what? So... To live in my body is beneficial to those here on earth, but when I finally do leave my body through what the world calls physical death, it's going to be what for me? It's going to be gain. He says in verse 23, now this is the Apostle Paul, he's saying, I am in a strait between two, meaning that he's, he's tussling between, do I stay in my body? Do I leave my body and go and see Jesus? Do I stay in my body and continue to do the work of the Lord? Or do I leave my body and go and be with Jesus? And you and I deal with that, don't you? Have you, have you ever had a day when you said, Jesus, it'd be real good today if you'd come home and get me? Have you ever had a day like that? Uh, yeah, right? You know, it's, it's kind of like that from Star Trek, you know, beam me up. You know, you just, you just want to get away with all the cares and burdens of this life. Well, guess what? You're not alone. So was Paul. He was in a strait between two. He had a desire to depart. Why did he want to leave his body? So that he could be with Christ. which is far better. This is what I want us to embrace. Death isn't something for us to be afraid of. It's something that we need to look forward to. Somebody should be shouting right now, Hallelujah. Yes, physical death is still an enemy. But for you and I, it has no sting. has no sting. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.8. We are confident, I say, and willing rather. <laughs> Look at this. We are confident, I say, and even willing rather to be absent. Absent from where? Living in our body. Remember, you're not the body. You're the one living on the inside looking out the two windows. The inner man. The hidden man of the heart. Why do I want to be absent from the body? Why do I want my body to die so that you can be present with the Lord? Now, guys... That is a truth. That is a reality. That's the way it is, and nothing can change it. 
We need to embrace it as a truth and not be afraid of death. One more scripture. I want you to go over to John. Go to the 11th chapter. John eleven twenty-five. This is Jesus speaking. And he's not just speaking to one of the sisters of Lazarus, who he's about to raise from the dead. But he's talking to you and I. And he's going to give us an eternal truth. Now, you know this, but we need to believe it to the point where it pushes out the fear of death. You see, fear has to be displaced. It has to be replaced with faith, what you believe from the word of God. When you do that, you push out that fear. So when you and I begin to embrace the truth about what death is and the benefits thereof, it'll push out that fear and that that burden and that dread and anxiety of death. Look at this. Now who's this speaking in verse 25? John 11? Jesus, thank you. I'm glad someone's awake. Jesus said unto Lazarus' sister, I am. What are you, Jesus? The resurrection. What does that mean? He can take that which is dead and make it alive. I'm not only the resurrection, but I am the life. The individual or he that believeth in me. How many people here this morning, you believe in Jesus? Right? How about out there in Streamland? Do you believe in Jesus? Now, I'm not talking about believing in him as a historical figure. I'm talking about believing in him as your Savior, as your personal Lord. That'd be me. Anyone else? You believe in Jesus. All right. Though he were dead or though he may die, if though his spirit might leave his body and they, they had to put his body in the dirt. Yet he shall what? Live. Do you see the difference between our spirit and our body in death? Yes, the body does die. Yes, it goes back to where it comes from. It comes from the earth, it goes back to the earth. But you're not from the earth. I said, you're not from the earth, you're from heaven, so you're going to go back to where you came from. So when you leave your body, your body stays here, but you go to your home in heaven. He goes on to repeat himself. Verse 26. Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. What? Go to verse 26, please. Want them to see it. 
What did Jesus say? If you believe in Jesus, you shall what? Never. You shall what? Never. Never do what? Die. In your behalf and in my behalf, Jesus already dealt with death. And he got the victory over it so that you and I now have spiritual life. The Bible calls it eternal life. And so when we leave this earth through death, we're not dying. We're the same person on the other side that we are right now that's living in this body. You don't change into something different when you leave. You're the same person with him in heaven as you are right now. A child of God. A new creature in Christ. The righteous of God in Christ. So, I'm not going to have an altar call, but I want to see if you're here this morning. Put, bow your head, close your eyes, and I'm just going to ask you a question. If it's you, I'm not going to point you out or make you do anything. I just want to know who the Lord was speaking about last night. So if you're afraid of death, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. We, we, we're all challenged with it. If you're the one the Lord was talking about, you're afraid of death, or you're afraid of your loved ones dying, then just simply show me with, with the hand and, and so I know that I'm praying for you. All right, put it down. Anyone else? I, I really believe there was more than one. Anyone else here? You're, you're, you're afraid of death. You don't, you don't like funerals. You don't like talking about people who have died. You're always seeing the negative when someone leaves this earth. And you're burdened by it. Okay, I see that. Put that hand down. Anyone else? Death just, just has a way of putting you in a, in, in a place for weeks after someone passes away. Anyone else? Okay, you can, you can look up at me. You can look up at me. There, there may be some of you out there, so I'm going to pray. But understand that I, there are some things that you can do in prayer for somebody else. And there's times that you can't. This is the decision that you have to make personally to stand against the fear of death. And you stand against the fear of death with the word of God. And we just read that if you believe in Jesus, you shall never die. And so you need to take a verse like that. And when that fear comes to grip you, when that fear comes to intimidate you, when that fear comes to hold you down in depression and being full of anxiety, and still in a place of depression because of someone leaving the earth because of death, you need to speak to it and say, no, I'm not afraid of you, death, because I believe in Jesus. Therefore, I'm not subject to death. And then you trust that those that have passed away believed in Jesus. And don't see their body as them being placed into the ground. That's not them. That's a house. And you
you don't have to go to that grave every week. I knew of a guy that I worked with, and his wife passed away. He went to that grave every day. Well, he thought that that was her in the ground. How many know that has torment? That has torment. Yes, you should honor them. You should talk about them. You should be grateful for what they, uh, who they were to you in your life. But being mournful and crying over uh, an empty grave every day is not healthy. And it's unscriptural. Honor them in a different way. Honor their life. Does that make sense? So I want you to stand up. And I want you to say, death. 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 death I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I choose right now. I choose right now. Not to be afraid of you. I understand what death is. It's just the human spirit leaving an earth suit, leaving a body. That person continues to live. So I'm not afraid of death. And I believe in Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. I'm His child. I've been born again. Therefore, because of his life in me, I will never die. I will never see death. I will never cease to exist. I am an eternal spirit, alive in Jesus, and death, I ain't scared of you. I ain't scared of you. You've been defanged. You've been declawed. By my Jesus, and I have everlasting life. So I'll not give death control over my life because I have eternal life and I will never die. Let's thank him for it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, this is something that you're going to have to continue to enforce. There are times where you don't get an instant release from something that, that has gained control or influence over you to be fearful of it. You've got to keep standing against it and choose not to mourn over someone. I mean, there is a mourning process that we all should go through, but it shouldn't last for years. Amen. And the Lord wanted us to talk about this because he wants you free. He wants you to embrace what he's given you and not what the world gives. Amen? Did you get it? Did you get it? Well, then let's give him thanks. Say, I'm free. I'm free. In Jesus' name.